new player, Tim, has joined the game. Ben rolls a d20, but only gets one. Australia's greatest podcast said no person ever. Welcome, Welcome to, to another, another dungeon. dungeon. Hey, that was my line. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 33 of the Another Dungeon podcast. Joining me this week is Ben. Hello. And no one. Not uh, even in spirit. They don't no like coming around us. anymore. Apparently. Apparently they've all gone to Fireside. Yeah. Well, they have beer. That, that is true. Just um, hard to share beer on Skype. A little bit. It makes it difficult. Mm, the speakers get all foamy. <laughs> this week... We're going to be talking about Sony and how many face palms they did this week. <laughs> um, we will also be touching on the subject of selling DLC for an unfinished game mm. and but kind of the uh, morals around that. If you want to hear that part of the podcast, that'll be uh, 10 extra dollars and we'll release it a year from now. That's for premium members. Yeah, premium subscribers who were day if one backers. <laughs> on Patreon that we haven't created yet um but you also wanted to talk about the 3ds briefly i I feel like i always talk about nintendo but well it's good the 3ds feels like it's had the longest life cycle ever it's pretty much outlasted two cycles um and like has had some killer titles on it and nintendo seemed to have shifted a lot of titles that would have gone to the wii u and are now kind of double backing and putting them on the 3ds and so the last nintendo direct titles will come out of nowhere um that's, was there a nintendo exciting. direct recently yeah there was a new one recently oh. um so there hadn't been one for a while and this new one uh showed off um well firstly it showed off a couple of ports of wii u games that were coming yeah do, do you have to be a premium member uh no, Nintendo. you just no. have to have a 3DS. <laughs> what? And have not already bought. Actually, the people that benefited the, the most, DS. the yeah. people that benefited the most, are like non-Nintendo fans because for for the games that were coming out on, uh, oh, they were already out on Wii U. So Mario Maker and uh, Yoshi's Woolly World are coming to 3DS, but oh, like yeah. Yoshi's Woolly World is getting extra content for the 3DS version, which I'm kind of mad about because Woolly World's probably one of the best Wii U games around. It's just a really solid. Uh, side scroll and, a, and a, a throwback to Yoshi's what, Island, which is my favorite game of all time. What makes the platforming in Woolly World better than the other platformers? Uh, I just think it's well, the aesthetics really excellent with the knitted atmosphere. Um, there's a lot of just really simple, fun uh, gameplay um, elements. Um, uh, you don't have like lives or health per se, so. Um, the level you explore the levels more than just like try and race from point A to point B, and a lot of the is challenge that... comes in finding the collectibles. So it's it's very easy for casual gamers, and you can play with them very easily. But for hardcore gamers, there's a lot to do as well. Is it like Yanni? What was it? Untangled, where you're constantly running out of wool? And uh, no, you actually stay intact uh, <laughs> in Yoshi's Blue World. Um, it's just more of a atmosphere but like you know like walls and caves are made out of couches and you push them around and and you can hang on curtains and they're like zip line mm. things it's, it's just really fun game so for people that haven't played that uh 3ds versions are really cute um there's a poochie amiibo coming poochie's just about the cutest character and amiibo that's ever been created um right so announced that. for it. um there's a few like just like what 
strange titles that came out of nowhere, like a Mario Sports anthology that includes tennis and golf, for which already have those separate games on the 3DS. So now it's like five sports, including horse racing and interesting and so nothing new it's just an amalgamation no 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 it's it's golf and tennis which were previously individual titles yeah and it's also soccer and horse racing and something else i think yeah um which you know badminton for kids i think would be good you download play some sports mario sports um and uh pikmin for 3DS got announced um, out of nowhere. Um, Miyamoto said a while back he was working on a Pikmin 4 and they've adapted Pikmin to be a side-scroller style game now where same idea, use little Pikmin to solve puzzles and fight monsters that are giant across the two 3DS screens. Um, Excited or hesitant about um, the change of gameplay uh, format? Yeah, um, I'm excited that Pikmin is branching out because it's a really solid IP that I don't think a lot of people get exposure to. Um, I think a lot of the gameplay could be converted well to the 3DS. I'm a little worried it could be kind of like a lazy ad- adaption, but um, I think Pikmin is pretty popular inside Nintendo internally, so I hope they do a good job. The visual style is a little bit jarring, I think, because they kind of mix some ultra-realistic stuff with some like 2D sprites. I'm not sure it 100% works, but it's also very early, the footage they showed off. Guess time will tell. Yeah. So when is this all releasing before the end of the year? Or? Uh, most of it is. Like, a yep. lot of titles suddenly came out of nowhere. Like, it's coming out really soon. Um, I think Pikmin's for a 2017. Has there been a new Strikers charged Mario Strikers? <laughs> Unfortunately not. That is my favorite uh, of all That's the... best soccer game. Yeah, ever. yeah. I think Camelot are handling the sport one. Um, right. who make the previous tennis games or actually i think the sport one might be a club collaboration i think different departments are making different sports um, that'll be interesting yeah and there was a new mario party wasn't there Super yeah but the, again so mario party hasn't been the same the last few games because the original company uh or who were they um since what seven was it or eight eight was the last before canon one. before they hudson, hudson used to make the it same. yeah so Hudson yeah. used to make it put a lot of individual flair into it, but now it's made by Nintendo's internal team. And Nintendo seemed to have put out a mandate to like keep things really vanilla to make the Mario IP really familiar to people, which works for newcomers, doesn't work for fans. And they I just didn't the like the play. fact that you're all in one yeah, cart. It really takes away it it's pretty boring. Mm. Um, the Bowser mode could have worked for that, but they only gave you like three maps and that's very they're very short, not much variety. Yeah. Um, so this one is like even more pocket sized. It's like very quick paced. You rush through things. There's a few modes. So, you know, some people would like it. I'm probably not interested in it. No, I'm not interested in those sorts of titles on a portable hand. Though, you can download play the whole game. Uh, so if you get one copy, split it between a group of friends, you could play the whole game all together. Interesting. Which How does that neat. work? Um, well,. The 3DS is actually capable of doing this for a few games. Um, usually you can just use the inside software to download play, but uh, this has a specific app because I guess they're letting you play the entire, entire game. Um, so all the friends download the app and then they can just stream the game. So do I have to be within straight past yeah, distance of you've you? Got to, yeah, okay. yeah, you've got to be local. To someone that have, has actually bought it. Mm-hmm. Um. 
That's a really cool feature, actually. Yeah. I didn't I, know about that. It's really underused. Um, you can play yeah. the Metroid one that way. It's It's been around since the original DS. You could download play. Um, uh, what else? Uh, there was a previous Mario Party that was like proper boards, and it worked really well for that. Um, you can do it for Mario Kart. Um, friends that don't have the game can play the game, but they can, they're not allowed to change their cart. So is their strategy to give you a taste of the game and then... Yeah, I think that was originally the idea. It was like a demo you could share with friends, but I don't know, yep. maybe it's too much effort to build that. Maybe it's not that stable. Yeah, well, who knows what the architecture behind it is. Yeah. But interesting concept. Yeah. I mean, the Play Anywhere for Xbox isn't going to work like that. I think I read um, it's tied to your account. So if I'm signed into my Xbox playing, let's say, Gears of War 4, mm-hmm. I can't sign into APC on my account and play Gears of War 4. So I can be on one or the other, not both at the same right, time. Okay. So, so if you, um, so your save data like all syncs up. You get a continue yeah. where you dropped off achievements, save game, huh. progress, all of that is. And you only get the PC version when you buy the Xbox One version. Well, yeah, you have to buy the digital copy. Um, right. But if you buy the PC, you don't automatically get the Xbox version. I think you do if you buy the PC through the Windows Store. Right, okay. But that's an assumption. I'm pretty sure... I know it works through the Xbox Store. I haven't read into it too much yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Horizon 3, which is out the end of this month, is probably going to be... I think it is the first title that's on both. So I'll probably try it out with that or buy a digital copy and see um, how it works. But yeah, anyway... Interesting. I guess Sony's the only one that hasn't really attempted something like that. Well, they no, they did. <laughs> they were the first. They tried that oh. with the Vita. A bunch of uh, PlayStation Three oh, games. Oh, that's right. They've could got cross by yeah. with the Vita, but like no one really has a Vita. No one owns a Vita. And then or- they, I, I think there is some cross by with PS Three and PS Four. I yeah, think or initially, I think initially. Before the PS4 had any library, and it was the in-between time, yeah. you could buy and PS3 games and they could be upgraded, but I think they even charged extra money for some of that. But now you can buy the HD remake, which they've done nothing with, yeah. and it counts as another sale. There's some bad business practices going on <laughs> in the industry. There's some interesting business practices yeah. going on. What, yeah. what are some others that are happening with Sony? <laughs> so, Sony announced their PS4 Pro which I believe was the Neo, mm-hmm. um, releasing this year. Um, Specs-wise, it's pretty good. We don't really have anything to compare it to because the Scorpio is pretty much under wraps. Um, what What is the estimated release for the Xbox Scorpio? Is it Next year. And is the implication that that'll be more of like an in-between? Like it'll have extra features exclusive to the Scorpio or is it just expected to be like a HD 4K thing? Um, I don't know. Sony's done a clever thing with packaging. So there'll be a label on a game saying if it's not, not that it only works on the PS4 Pro, but you know that it's enhanced. So it'll be 4K or it'll be HDR or whatever. Um, the Scorpio, we don't really know yet. I would assume that would have some form of recognition. But I think the thing with these next two consoles is 
it's got to be, for lack of a better term, backwards compatible. So if it if it works on a PS4, yeah, Pro, it's got to work on a PS4. If it works on the Scorpio, it's got to work on the Xbox. Yeah. One. Otherwise, you would just alienate and piss off your entire. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. more so than they probably have. Yeah, but so so what are the two versions of PS4s that are coming out? Let's establish. So there's what the Slim, mm-hmm. and then there's the Pro. The Slim comes in a. A 500 gig and a terabyte, and the Pro comes in a terabyte. And I'm not sure if they said it's a two terabyte. Um, the pricing, I don't know. This is all in American dollars. So um, the Slims look like they're coming out end of the month. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's for Australia, though, because we always get things late. Yeah. One cool thing they did do with the Slim mm-hmm. is... Um, it looks like they made it easier to replace the hard drive. They've got like a little slot on the back that you can slip oh, yeah. the hard drive out and slip a new one in. So. Yeah, because that was a thing I did do with the PS3 and I had varying levels of success with some hard drives I tried. Um, yeah. But I wasn't sure if you could do that with the PS4 because it's such an awkward, you can, cumbersome design. <laughs> there's been videos released. I haven't tried it myself. Mm. Um, it's not my primary console, so... I mean, I, I have run out of space, but... Yeah, I that, I, I'm super frustrated with the PS4 having to install every game. It just sucks. All the Xbox so is space. the same. Yeah. It's just it's just how it is now. Um, but to do a comparison, I think Xbox has it in the Slim consoles. Um, the PS4 Slim doesn't really seem to bring much. It brings HDR, but I mean... That's got to be patched into existing games. And HDR is a um, uh, expanded color range. I believe so. Okay. I mean, that means you've got to have a HDR capable TV as well, right? Which I don't know. Unless yeah. you've bought a TV in the last six months. These these or twelve months. Console maybe. upgrades are really dependent on consumers going out and buying, having this these TVs. Like everyone's keeping up with TV trends, which I feel yes. like in the last five years people have stopped doing because TVs have gotten really gimmicky and haven't offered that much besides 4K. Yeah, so that. I updated my TV at Christmas, but mm-hmm. before that, I think my TV is about seven, eight years old. Mm-hmm. And how are you finding your upgraded TV then? Like, has it cool, enhanced like your gaming? I don't know about enhance my gaming. It's slightly bigger than the old one, and the screen looks a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a 4K TV, which I was interested to get the P- the Xbox One S to kind of see how that worked. But to really get a good comparison, you need to see it running side by side. Yeah, because I-, I don't believe that I'm observant enough to see the difference between. I mean, at the moment, it's only upscaled 4K. Yep. Nothing's actually been released in 4K yet, so yeah. gaming-wise. And so um, the, the PlayStation uh, Pro, that's their no, 4K. No, we're still, we're still, oh, we're still talking slim. about the... Okay, what else is the slim at then? Two USB 3 ports positioned apart from one another at the front. Yep. Um, they've gone mechanical buttons, the same oh, as the... Thank goodness, that's the Xbox biggest flaw of the PlayStation 4. I think it was the biggest flaw with both of them. People had often complained that their pets had brushed their tails past the <laughs> Xbox button and it would eject or turn off mid-game, so... Well, I had the problem where my dog kept saying Xbox on and it would turn on or Xbox off and it would turn off. That's a clever dog. Yeah. Um, apart from the standard, you know, it's smaller. They really haven't done that much. They've upgraded the, the Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Like the range. Um, 
let's just do modern version 5 gig a b g and an ac so um reduction on noise look that's all sort of standard stuff but with the xbox one s releasing before the ps4 slim and having that 4k capability i kind of feel like sony's fallen behind a little bit yeah well um to be fair i think sony were behind this entire generation in terms of like obviously like the tech and power level of what the ps4 is capable is higher but in terms of features and library at the start they only really succeeded because of that devastating e3 where xbox one announced all these pointless features people didn't want people got mad and then sony turned around and announced all the opposite of those features that's where sony got popular that's why sony have been very successful since then they've come out with with a much better uh library of exclusive games interesting games and they support all the multi-platform games so they've done really well in that regard but like i don't think like the features of their console how different it is to the ps3 what it lets people do i mean there's a big like streaming scene that it created but i don't think it is that much better of a console there is definitely stuff that xbox is better at the live system is still more stable and ps mm-hmm. playstation just keeps charging for theirs it's, and <laughs> it's interesting you mentioned that because there's actually an independent study done, a patent i'll say an apparent independent study done that mm-hmm. live is the faster and more stable platform and look i'd believe that <laughs> i I find in my personal experience, being an Australian, living in our country, that I download off the Xbox Live Store so much faster than the PlayStation yeah. Store. Oh, the PlayStation, um, the PlayStation Store is slow to boot up. It takes me about yeah. half an hour to, to see what the like front page of the store looks like. Uh, it doesn't take me half an hour. No, but like... It is a lot slower. That's what it and, feels like. Yeah, and the download speeds are a lot worse. Yeah. Um, I've also had the problem on the PlayStation Store where it would tell me to sign up to PS Plus, even though I'm yeah a PS Plus member. I, and my I get membership is yeah heaps of weird problems <laughs> with the PlayStation. Um, um, look, it'd be interesting that there is a slightly redesigned controller as well. Oh, um, really? They've moved the light bar from the front to the top, so you can actually see it. Isn't that blinding? <laughs> no, it looks quite small. Um, and very non-intrusive, which is good. So does it still do the tracking feature, or have they just dropped that idea? Mm, I'm not Was sure. Was the idea that the controller kind of acted like a... Oh, no, medium? sorry. It's an addition as a strip of light at the top. Right. So it, they might not have gotten rid of the light bar itself mm. without having to look at anything. Yeah, the light bar itself is slightly smaller. So. Do, you know, do you know the best benefit for the light bar I found? Uh, GTA Five when the cops are on you and it flashes. Oh, that's kind of cool. Actually, that's pretty neat. No, um, the best use I found is uh, when you're not playing the PlayStation 4 and you use the controllers on a computer, um, you can use them to color code which player is which. Uh, Don't they do that that themselves? Uh, No, you can actually... Actually, it's pretty neat. On the computer, like when you use it with software to make it work, um, you can set the colors to like whatever you want and you can have a pulse rainbow and do cool effects. There's a whole market for like stickers you can put on, like a lot of Star Wars stickers and just like theme the lights and stuff. I've seen the light bar stickers and some of them are pretty cool, but um, I haven't bought one yet. I looked at skinning. Uh, I I, I don't really care about my consoles look that much, to be honest. 
Um, and look, apparently Sony doesn't either. They want us to use it, <laughs> crash it, and then buy a new one. The the Pro looks terrible. It's like just like a layered. Have you seen it? Uh, not properly. It's just like a layered. Oh yeah. PS4. It's just like they've slapped another. It kind of looks like of the PlayStation version of the Nintendo Double D. <laughs> Um, the Pro is interesting. They've gone 4K. They call it 4K streaming. Mm-hmm. So apparently your games will be 4K, but it doesn't play 4K Blu-rays. Um, <laughs> that it, that's going to damage them, I think. It seems ridiculous, but I guess they're kind of preparing for the future where, in theory, we won't be using physical media. I think we're still quite a way off it, and yeah. especially in Australia. Oh, for sure. But... I mean, do you cater to Australians who are behind or do you cater to the rest of the world? Um, but I I just think, like, DVD manufacturing, yes, it's declining every year. Well, apparently it's manu- their technology too. Like, the yeah. Blu-ray technology is yeah, there, so why right. would you not include it? But anyway. Um, well, <laughs> here's, here's my question about, like, PlayStation. Um, what direction do they actually want to go in with their consoles? Because they're simultaneously investing in 4K making sure you have the highest quality visuals and power, whatever. But they're also wanting to develop in VR. And my understanding is VR significantly hinders your ability to render all that stuff because immediately you have to stream to those two separate well, screens the VR, inside the goggles. The so, VR screens are only 1080. The, the, the PlayStation VR, I think, is only 1080. Yeah, well, I, I was expecting 720. 1080 is actually pretty good for VR. But, like, my understanding is... If you're building games for VR and wanting to support VR, at the current level of power that most games are, you have to actually reduce that by quite a bit. The game has to be a lot more simple in terms of what it's rendering and running and processing. Um, Mm. Whereas Sony also want game developers to not only be designing their extra VR modes to the games, but be designing all this to make sure the games are in 4K and like at the top of the line. I don't understand which one they want to focus on. Um, Sony's got to split it, I guess. Whereas Microsoft can just focus on, they don't have a VR, they're not. Well, they want, they want people to play their games and outside of the console and use the HoloLens. <laughs> Eventually, one day, maybe. Um, I don't know. Look, I'm not sold on VR. I haven't pre-ordered it. Yeah still i think um, we're way too far like every demo they've shown off for it has just been like a gimmicky add-on where it's you look around or you walk down a corridor <laughs> like there are some, some cool are, ideas but yeah like all the like tie-in all the triple a stuff is just like look our game has this too buy it yeah look it, yeah it'll be interesting to see i don't know three months after the the vr release you know who's still mm-hmm. using it who's still developing for it yeah um and and they're doing it for the 4k as well though like they showed off a bunch of trailers for playstation so it was really dumb they showed off trailers for 4k which most people will not be able to watch in 4k because they're not watching on a 4k screen yeah. um and um the trailers they showed off all well, the ones i saw were for spider-man and uh mass effect 4 which are two games where we haven't even seen gameplay yet. And the developers are already talking about, oh, look how good this game looks in 4K. And it's, look, it's so good. You can see Spider-Man's butt 
cheeks and look look how pretty Mass Effect is. Look at all this stuff you can do. And they haven't shown off any gameplay. And so you've con- got no comparison. <laughs> yeah. My concern is that like like I thought the industry was getting better and moving away from just relying on visuals. My concern is with 4K is we're going to get sucked back in. That becomes the big priority and gameplay suffers again. Look, that's a pretty big leap to make. That's true. Um, there will be the AAA studios that will strive. They'll feel the need to, I guess, to strive for that mm. perfection in graphics. Um, I personally have a good enough standard which is usually the bar's pretty low. And if it falls behind that, I'm totally uninvested in the game, but that doesn't happen too often. Mm. Um, I think the other the problem that Sony had right after the announcement of the PS4 Pro was, I believe it was an executive that had mentioned something about paid patches. Ooh. And then people people ran off with that and were like, oh, you're going to have to pay to upgrade your old games, blah, blah, blah. I believe what he was talking about but didn't get across very well was the fact that um, I'm not claiming to know anything about development, but I believe that Microsoft and Sony both charge developers to upload patches to their games, which is where the whole argument with Fez and Phil Fish came from. He didn't right. want to pay for an update for Fez to fix a game-breaking button. But um, if developers yeah. have to fork out more money, then they would be tempted to come up with ways to make that money back. Potentially, or the flip side, if you don't up pay the fee and update your game, you can't put that marketing gimmick of HDR on the box of your next run. Yeah. So uh, let's say Tomb Raider, because that's coming out, on PS4 sometime soon. Um, that'll be HDR. They showed that off. I think that was one of the trailers, one of the 4K HDR trailers, wasn't it? Probably. I believe it was. So, you know, they're going to be able to slap on their box art, you know, HDR, 4K. So if you don't pay for it, you don't get to slap that gimmick on. I, I don't know. Um, developers are used to paying for patches all the time. Yeah. I'm assuming the biggest studios probably have some deal worked out, but it was just really poor communication. Um, and I had some of my mates saying to me, you know, have you seen have you seen what Sony's trying to do? And the way that the article read, yeah, sure. It sounded like people were going to have to pay and then, you know, the next day it's debunked. No, the developers are. So mm. there's a few things that didn't help Sony's announcement. I don't... Well, they pulled uh, Bethesda mod support at the same time. Oh, yeah, but you see, I've now read, not that this is a massive game, but I read that Farming Simulator 17 or something is going to have mods on PS4. <laughs> I don't know how true the whole Sony is stopping no, no. Bethesda's mods. I believe um, it was a breakdown specifically between Bethesda and Sony. They want, right, like, okay. it's only, like, PlayStation can support some mods for some games. But so Bethesda way, wanted to do it their way. Yeah, but the way Bethesda yeah. wanted to do it, Sony didn't want to do it that way. Yeah. So that's interesting. So the new Skyrim remaster will have no mod support on PS4 and it'll that's, have mod support on Xbox. That I can see why people be incredibly frustrated because they really pushed that as a selling point uh, for Fallout 4 on console. They're like, don't worry about not getting it on PC. We're going to give you mods and the best mods. Um 
And so that's interesting. I was actually really excited about Monsterbot, and I haven't installed a single one. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds tedious on a console. Like, uh, it's, it's not tedious enough on PC. Bad. Well, that's the thing. I think the way to search for a mod's obviously more tedious on the console interface. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. It was just like one thing, bang, 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 one mm. thing after another for Sony. It's just like bad press, bad press, bad mm. press. Um, I don't know if they're releasing this new console too early. Um, it clearly gives Microsoft a leg up because they're going to know exactly what's in the Pro and exactly the bar they'll need to set the Scorpio yeah. at. Well, yeah. Well, Xbox's consoles are forever perplexing to me now because like i don't understand what games xbox are pushing <laughs> especially like i don't get it why would you buy a new xbox when you can play all xbox games on pc now well that's possibly the other thing where they might may have shot themselves in the foot no, i mean you can bank on the fact that not everyone has a pc um but it's a very valid point why would mm. you buy a scorpio i was looking at buying a scorpio but i've just updated my pc because how much are they going to charge for a scorpio like that would be pushing it back up to like 500 400 dollars wouldn't it i would say 600 600 yeah at that oh, price you might yeah. as well save up a bit more buy a pc yeah well that's it and i mean probably at that time if my pc is dated or too dated for the price of a, a scorpio i'll probably be able to buy the components that are lagging in my pc yeah um, it's it's interesting, and I think there were talks a little while ago about the Scorpio being the last of the traditional consoles, and then you know they were going to move to this modular thing. That yeah, I really think the Microsoft was going to go down the like uh, Steambox kind of idea that they would build a PC that pretty much just functions as a console. Yeah, and look, who knows what's a good idea and what's not. I think for them, this will probably be dipping your toe in um, experimentation with architecture to make yeah. stuff work on the one and then on the on the Scorpio or the, the PS4 and then the Pro, mm. making sure there's no issues with that and then moving to whatever the next step in the console is. Yeah. Might hey, be modular. Do you know which game is unnecessarily getting 4K support for the PS4 Pro? What? Uh, your favourite game, Elder Scrolls Online. I saw they've released the <laughs> why gold edition because oh, there's been some DLC, but I don't know why would you do it? Surely 4K slows down an MMO. Like I don't know. No, but the <laughs> thing is that its graphics are like oblivion grade at best. Yeah, actually, so- <laughs> 4K at least in terms of resolution makes the most sense for an MMO because then you can finally read all the little blippity bloops that are popping yeah. up on the interface and all your hotkeys. And- <laughs> Maybe, but it's not gonna. It's not going to make the game any more fun. No. Yeah, that's the thing. These features <laughs> that they're investing so much money in and expect people to invest so much money in ultimately don't change gameplay. And that's what I think has been the most frustrating thing about this entire generation. Um, has been, there's, apart from Nintendo, and I won't be biased there, but uh, <laughs> there's been very little change to gameplay or, or attention to it, I guess. Uh, VR's the next step in changing gameplay. And and that does, but it it changes gameplay to be something very specific. Um, you reckon which, they'll get tunnel vision? Yeah. 
there are some indie games which I think really interesting. I, I'm not sure if I've talked about it before, but uh, there's one indie game called Dolphin School or something where you're in a dolphin school for dolphins and it's the big dolphin school test and you don't know the answers because you're a human in the real world. So you have to look across, like physically turn your head and like look at your neighbor dolphin and cheat off his test without being caught by the teacher. That's a good way of using VR to enhance gameplay. <laughs> You lost me when you said dolphin school. Dolphin, okay. It's, it's, it's not for everyone. Mainly for dolphins. Um. Anyway. Yeah. We'll we'll have to, like, I guess, see where all these future technologies go. Um, to me, it seems like developers don't really know where to go in the future. Um, and uh, I think... Yeah. Look, who knows? The next step in gameplay might come from the indie scene. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I reckon it'll be... That's... Nintendo's going to release this amazing new handheld console hybrid and everyone's going to be like, oh crap, why didn't we think of that? <laughs> well, maybe, but did you have the same thought with the Wii U? Um, well, I honestly think the Wii U is the most, like the some of the tech in that is the most under-looked at stuff. Like I really think games should have gone more in that direction for a lot of things. They um, need more... Nintendo needed more first-party support yeah. or needed more first-party yeah. titles. And they were very much screwed over by EA or people that didn't understand the vision at launch and then all like just the doom and gloom stuff that was posted relentlessly. Yeah. Yeah. And how much do you invest in the probably the smallest of the console market? Yeah. Anyway. Um, do we have time quickly to talk about uh, paid DLC? <sighs> Probably not that much time. Right. It's just an interesting... Qu- like, So for those of you that don't use Steam, um, the last 12, 18 months, there's been a real rise in early access, which is, <laughs> in a really cynical sense, it's a paid demo. Um, yeah. It's an unfinished game. It's, it's you're paying you- so they can test like multiplayer stresses. Not even that. The single-player... Earlier, you're paying to test their game basically, yeah. um, with the promise of, well, not even the promise because not all of them come to fruition, but yeah, with the thought of you know you'll own the full title when it actually does release, which Starbound just has. I bought that in early access. You bought that in early access. Yeah. Look, it's I, just a patch to the full version, and it was great. Yeah, I, I um, paid thirty bucks for that. I've got well worth that back in like the alpha that I played. I played yeah. a little bit here and there, and I'm really enjoying the finished version. The only problem I find with this, or specifically with Starbound, um, is that a lot of the multiplayer drops off because a lot of your friends played it at the start with you and then aren't interested to continue when the finished version comes out. Yeah, and getting a new... or getting your old crew reinterested is always hard. Yeah. But um, there's a particular game called Ark. It falls in the category of... <laughs> You know, all those survival games. It's the dinosaur it's, one, yeah? Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's got dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are always cool. Um, it's still early access, which means it's still not finished. Mm. And they've recently just listed some paid DLC, an expansion pack. That's ridiculous. So it, it kind of raises the question of, yeah, is it right? What? Is it right to, to be developing paid content expansions for a game that you haven't finished is there a threshold on like the maximum the game will end up cost- costing like is the idea that you pay 30 dollars for this version of the game and then um 
you know, you've played through that, and then they're like, oh, we're actually going to add, like, twice this much to the game. So now it's a $60 game. You just buy it in two installations, which I think is still wrong for an early access game that's still really buggy to do. Uh, but is that their thinking in terms of, like, justifying it? I'm I'm not sure how they justify it. Um, they've said that they've always included in their tech um, the ability to have expansions. Because um, last time I played Ark Survival Evolved, it wasn't even optimized properly yet. <laughs> so I'm sure there's been a lot of improvement because it's always downloading on my Steam. But I just it just seems unfair that they're doing it because they can get away with it, I reckon. It's not an apology, but rather serves more a justification. Mm. So they haven't apologized for it. They're just yeah. like, this is what we've done. Mm. So I guess the other argument is, you know, this is content that could have gone into the base game. <coughs> How do you define what's going to be DLC and what should be in the core game? Yeah. I, I think that the responsibility of the studio would be to finish the game first. Yeah. Personally, um, from a business decision, sure, you you're, want to charge as much as you can for, you know, what the project that you're working on, but... Mm. I was just gonna look up. I think I think we lost the original intention of what DLC was meant to be long ago as well. Like the idea of DLC was once devs had finished a game and shipped a game, if they were still interested in enhancing the game or adding features or responding to fan feedback, they could sit down after the game and and plan that and implement that in the game later on and keep it going as a passion project. Mm. now DLC is planned from day one big executive meetings how can we make more money out of people how can we charge them for season passes and what can we cut from the game to make the DLC that's annoying in itself when they release fairly detailed information about the first DLC pack before a game's even launched Yeah, but in that case at least the game's actually finished <laughs> but we never know. We never know how much of this content was meant to be in the game and how about because ah, we that's... know we know from Mass Effect three and other games that suffered from it that there were significant parts of games that have been cut yeah, up that, and um, resold to us. That Ashes DLC was on the disc, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. The pro day one character. Disc, yeah. It was a pre order bonus or something stupid. Street Fighter did it too, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, fighting yeah. games are doing it. Like <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> anyway, that's a whole different discussion yeah. for at least day. when disney infinity did it they disguised it as toys so you got a cool toy to play with <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually just on disc yeah yeah that's a good that's a good point that's um i don't know if we got time to go into that we don't probably not. i was gonna say is that <laughs> is that a um a format that's died there doesn't seem to be you know, what's the other one? Skylanders. Oh, Toys really to Life? To be. Yeah, Toys yeah. to Life. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Skylanders is still going, and they keep inventing new ways to... I mean, Skylanders really works for kids, I think. I don't know. I don't see the Lego series continuing beyond their one platform release. Mm. Um, Disney Infinity is shut down, because Disney just don't want to make video games anymore. Um, Amiibo, <laughs> I think, will still be strong, purely you because... can't do anything with no, Amiibo. No, but it's the, the Amiibo are a high-quality... Figure, Statue, and people yeah, are collecting yeah. them as figures. Like Nintendo fans, that's something they want, and, and that's all I've them. done, to yeah. be honest. Like is... Nintendo also announced four new Zelda 30th anniversary figures. They're really nice, um, 
and there's one for like all different people like there's a 8-bit one that's all like in 3d and there's a or uh, ocarina of time one and there's two like wind waker ones and a zelda and they're just like that's a nice thing to collect um, yeah, and they're, they're decent quality too. And so. they can always add little things that they do. And it's like, oh, this is fun. My thing does this. But. And in theory, they can work with the NX too. Yeah. They can last forever, yeah. in theory. In theory. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's all we have time for this week. Thank you for listening if you've made it all the way to the end. <laughs> well done. Here's the medal. <laughs> well done. Um, you can find us as part of the Pod Bros Network. We are on iTunes if you search for Another Dungeon. We're at facebook.com slash another dungeon. We are another dungeon.com uh, where we have our reviews, previews, videos, podcasts, all sorts of stuff go up on the website. Uh, we are at another dungeon on the Twitter and we are at Twitch TV slash another dungeon. But uh, the streaming started off a little bit at the moment. It will pick back up when we find something interesting to stream. Um, thank you for listening and join us in another fortnight's time for another episode. See you then. Bye. Bye.